Hello and welcome to the Homeless Vagabond Experience with your host, Hydrovlogs. So I'm really putting this microphone to the test today. I'm currently right beside the interstate, so there's a lot of cars and trucks going by. I'm really hoping this microphone is not picking it up. Done a few tests, doesn't sound like it, it is, but we'll find out. So the word of the day is uneventful. I mentioned on the last episode that I was planning on staying in Benson, Arizona for an entire week while I got my Molly patch pouches. I did not actually have to do that. Ended up ordering them and having them delivered to Tucson. And I just walked to Tucson, picked them up there. So no time lost. Haven't really been up to much. Nothing's really happened all that much. Uh, besides for last night, actually, I was walking down the side of the road. I had my headlamp on and I went to take a step. And as soon as I put my foot down, I looked down, and my foot was about three inches from a snake. And uh, the snake was starting to coil back, and, you know, I'm not a big fan of snakes. So <laughs> my life pretty much flashed before my eyes right there. That was definitely an experience. But other than that, uh, nothing's big's really happened. As I said, I got into Tucson. I got my molly pouches. I guess I should probably explain uh, what molly pouches really are. Uh, for those of you who don't know. So there's two kinds of backpacks. Well, there's many kinds of backpacks. But, you know, you have like your tradition, traditional backpacks, which, you know, you buy them. They got some pockets and some zippers and you open them up. You can put stuff in them. I mean, we've all seen a backpack. You know exactly what I'm talking about. But uh, Molly backpacks or kind of tactical backpacks, they have webbing around them. And basically what you can do with that webbing is you can buy separate pouches along with uh, a lot of other accessories and you can connect those pouches to the backpack. So for example, I got two pouches that were eight inches tall by four inches wide with about two inches of depth and I put them on my hip belt. So I already had one pouch from a previous backpack. So now I got three of those kind of size pouches on my hip belt. And those pouches basically carry uh, electronics for the most part, uh, battery banks, chargers, also my microphone, my selfie stick, my gimbal, you know, just so all that stuff's great, easy access that I can grab. So yeah, I'm very excited for those new pouches. You know, before I was using the one pouch that I've had for about a year, which has been great, still is great. And I also had a, uh, it wasn't an actual Molly pouch, but... I found it in a storm drain in Texas, like under a tarp and everything. I kind of chilled because it was at night. It was in the middle of nowhere. So I kind of chilled to make sure like I wasn't stealing anybody's stuff. But I mean, it, it's abandoned. Like it was pretty clearly abandoned, but I still kind of chilled there to make sure just in case. And uh, it wasn't an actual molly pouch, but I was able to slip it through the molly webbing. And I've been using that. But uh, about uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, a month ago, something like that. It started to rip real badly and just decided, okay, get some new pouches. Let's also go ahead and take a break from recording this podcast for just a minute because there is a train coming. I don't care how good this microphone is. It's going to pick up this train because I'm about 20 feet from the tracks. So I'll be right back. Okay, so now that that little interruption's over with, what were we talking about? Molly pouches, that's right. Yeah, it's something I learned pretty early on that I wanted to get into. Just because, you know, if you're hiking for two days, like a weekend or even a through hike, you know, uh, hiking the Appalachian Trail, what have you, a regular hiking backpack's just fine. Absolutely perfect for you because you pretty much know exactly what you're going to have in it. But when you're living out of a backpack, 
having that versatility to be able to connect pouches to it, connect other things to it, it just really helps. You know, there's a lot of things you don't foresee. So that's very helpful. You know, when uh, I was traveling through Texas, I didn't need a sleeping bag. And so I didn't really account for the whole sleeping bag thing. And I thought, you know, I'm going to be in the desert. I'm going to be in New Mexico and Arizona and all, you know, the desert in winter. And I thought, foolishly, because I didn't really do my research, desert doesn't get super cold. Like, I figured it'd get a little cold, but it's not going to get super cold. That's not true. It snowed in New Mexico, right on the border of regular Mexico. Snowed in Texas. (laughs) So... You know, I needed to get a pretty decent sleeping bag, and I mean, I'm not made of money, so I had to get, you know, a Walmart sleeping bag that's quite bulky, and it would not fit in my bag, but because of the kind of molly webbing, I was able to attach it very easily, very comfortably, and yeah, it just works really well. So yeah, if for regular hikes, you don't need all of the tactical gear, but if you're living out of your backpack for a very extended amount of time, it's, it's definitely a really good investment. Okay, so speaking of Molly Gear, I really wanted to talk about backpacks. So I've had five backpacks on this journey. Some some have been good, some have not been good. The first one I got was a Walmart backpack. It was a 55-liter framed bag. It cost about $45, I believe it was. And I made a very big mistake when I first bought it. So what I did was I ordered all of my stuff from Amazon, like all of my gear. And while that was coming in through the mail, I went out and I bought my backpack from Walmart. So what ended up happening was I couldn't fit everything inside of the bag. And the very first day I set off, I had to ditch my inflatable sleeping pad, which in hindsight wasn't so bad because the way I sleep, there would have been a hole poked in that day one. So yeah, in hindsight, not a big deal. The other really bad thing was I couldn't fit my sleeping bag in the backpack either. So I had to attach it to the bottom of the backpack with bungee cords. So every time I would walk, it would like bounce up and down. And that put a lot of stress on my back. And I did not like that. But the bag itself, it lasted a pretty good bit. It lasted all the way to Sheraw, South Carolina. And then when I got into South Carolina, I actually met a guy. And he had some backpacks. And he offered to give me one. So he actually gave me, I believe it was a field line backpack. Basically the same as my Walmart bag. But my Walmart bag was kind of ripping at the bottom, and this one didn't have any rips, so I took that. That backpack didn't last very long. I got down into Savannah, Georgia, and the strap, like the shoulder strap, completely broke off of that backpack. I had to, like, tie it and jimmy-rig it, and yeah. I ended up getting all the way to Waycross, Georgia, and I got another bag, and this one was horrible. So when I was looking for bags, this one I got into Mali. I was looking at the uh, tactical assault bags and I thought I'm going to give that a try because I was looking at the Molly gear and it looked really nice and I wanted to try it out. The problem with this bag was I got a frameless bag. First off, it was cheap. It was only $30. But I thought I'm going to get a frameless bag because I'm going to reduce weight, going to be more comfortable. That was not the case. This was the most uncomfortable backpack this entire journey and it was very cheaply made. So I got the bag, and I only made it down to Valdesta, Georgia, where I got a new backpack. Uh, The assault pack that I got, it was ripping everywhere. It was so uncomfortable. I don't know how people can use frameless backpacks. It's just not for me. I need a frame in there. So I got down to Georgia, and or 
Valdosta, Georgia, excuse me. And I got a new backpack. And this was kind of a cross between a traditional hiking backpack and an assault pack. It was in the shape of a hiking bag, but it had all the molly webbing on it, which I didn't really even need to use because this bag was, I think it was like a 70 liter bag, so I could fit everything inside of it. I didn't really need the extra space. And that bag was really nice. I wish I could remember the name of it, but I can't. I took that bag all the way to Texas, the western part of Texas, San Angelo, Texas. Then when I got into San Angelo, the bag started to rip a little bit at the shoulder strap. Still very usable, but I figured let's replace it before it gets too bad. And luckily, as fate would have it, when I got into San Angelo, I got a job for about two weeks setting up foundations for trailers. And so I made a couple hundred bucks and I ordered the bag I currently have, which is the LA Police Gear 72-hour 72, 72 backpack. And this bag is absolutely amazing. I love it. So this is more closer to an assault bag rather than a hiking bag. One thing I really that really drew me to it was the back has it's mainly used for putting helmets in, but uh like the back kind of comes off with some elastics and you can just stuff things down in there. I put my solar panels in there, bottles of water, that kind of stuff. And it also had the uh molly webbing around the hip strap. I think I alluded to that earlier when I was talking about the molly pouches. I have all my molly pouches there. And it's a very good bag. Very good bag. I'm sure in a later podcast episode, I'll go into a little more detail about all the bags. But I just wanted to kind of give an overview of where I've been with bags up to this point. You know, I started with a cheap Walmart framed backpack, which was good. Then I tried the whole frameless assault pack option, which was not good for me personally. And then I tried the kind of between, like, it was kind of an assault pack, but it was also kind of a hiking pack. That was really nice. Now I'm kind of this more of a, it's more of an assault bag, but I really like it. Okay, and with that, let's uh, go ahead and get into a story. So I'm going to tell a little story about my hike on the North Fork Trail in West Virginia. This was an excitingly terrifying hike. So let's kind of rewind a little bit before the hike. Before the hike, I don't remember the town it was in. But I had stopped off at a Dollar General to get some supplies. I got a gallon of tea and some trail mix. I was only planning on this hike being two days. It ended up up, turning into a longer endeavor for reasons I'll get into. So essentially, I made my way to the trail. And I had actually started the trail backwards. Kind of. Like, backwards from where you're supposed to start. The actual starting point, you take like a gradual incline... And then you get to these cliffs, and then you basically take a full drop-off down to the end of the trail. Well, I started in reverse, so I had to climb a couple thousand feet that was almost straight up. And so halfway through the first day, you know, my legs are broken, figuratively. But I got some really good views. Uh, At the top of the mountain, on a cliff face, overlooking everything. It was absolutely beautiful. I continued down the trail for a little bit till about 6 or 7 p.m. where I wanted to make up camp, where I wanted to set up camp and sleep for the night. I was kind of looking around and it was a cliff face and I thought, you know what, maybe I want to sleep on the side of a cliff face. I don't condone this, but it was fun for me. 
At the time, I had a hammock with me, and I got on this cliff face, and I mean, it's hundreds and hundreds of feet drop to the bottom, and I tied my hammock to a tree, is like a tree, and then I tied it to like a root that was on the cliff face. It wasn't actually off the ground, it was still on the ground, but I thought, you know, if it gets really windy and it blows me, the hammock will stop me from falling off the cliff. And I get in there, and I go to sleep, and it was a beautiful sleep. It was very windy, but it was a very nice sleep. I woke up to the sun rising, still overlooking the giant mountain range. Then my phone died, and my battery banks were dead. And at this time, I had a cheap solar panel battery bank, which was garbage, to be quite honest with you. I do not recommend them. And so everything died on me, and I thought, that's fine. You know, it's just a, like, one-way trail. There's no real way of getting lost, and there are markers along the trail. So I packed up, and I started walking down the trail. And for the first few miles, not a big problem. No problems at all. And then I get to a little crossroads, and there's no real trail markers. And I decided to go right. About two miles down, I realized this is not the trail. So I had to backtrack a little bit. That wasted a lot of time. Had that not happened, this probably wouldn't be a story I'd be telling. So I get back on the regular trail. I start walking. I start walking. And I'm running out of tea, and I'm running out of trail mix. And this is why I always say... Bring more than you think you need. Sun starts to set, but I decide, you know what? It's a full moon. I got blue eyes, so my night vision's better than most people. I can just walk through the night. And so I walk and I walk and I walk. And then I find a no trespassing sign. And there is nowhere else to go. Um, obviously, it's night, so I thought, you know, maybe I missed something. So I backtrack about a mile, set up camp, hang my hammock, go to sleep. Wake up the next day, and I follow the trail, and still, no trespassing sign, and there's like a gate there, and I'm just thinking, where, where do I go? But I kind of sat down for a little bit. I used my little solar panel battery bank, try and get some charge on my phone to look on Google Maps and whatnot. Couldn't get any charge on my phone. Like I said, it was a pretty big piece of crap. But then I decided, you know what, I'm just going to keep walking on the trail, and hopefully I don't get shot. So I walk up, I... Past that no trespassing sign, I keep walking about half a mile down the way. I see a trail marker. So I don't know why there's a no trespassing sign there, but you got to just keep going through there. And I keep walking and keep walking. And a couple miles later, I'm out of water, or tea in this case, and I'm out of trail mix. I finally get to the end. And I'm good. I'm at the end. And then I remembered I'm still about five miles away from the nearest store. You know, I had everything kind of memorized where I was going. You know, this isn't like a lot of roadways. This is rural West Virginia. There's like one road. So I just keep following that road. Thankfully, the road was going down the mountain, not up the mountain. Keep going, I keep going, I keep going. Finally, I get to a gas station and I get some food. I get some water. They have an outlet on the outside. I ask them, you know, can I charge up for about 20 minutes? They say, yeah, it's fine. So I charge my phone up. Yeah. It didn't, it, the way I just explained it, it doesn't sound that bad, but you know, when you're kind of, I wouldn't say lost, I wasn't lost, I knew exactly where I could go to get out, but had I backtracked, I would have been backtracking like 18, 20 miles without food or water, going uphill, that would not have been good. So I'm really glad I kind of went through that no trespassing sign and got out.
Yeah, it was a beautiful trail. A lot of sights. I'm very sad that my phone died and my battery bank was dead because I would have loved to get some more videos and pictures. I do have some videos on my YouTube channel of it. Yeah, that was my kind of experience in the North Fork Mountain Trail in West Virginia. Fun times. I learned a lot. Uh, bring more supplies than you think you need. You know, I'm currently on a 50-mile walk right now, and I've got two gallons of water and a lot of protein bars. So I learned my lesson there. Speaking of learning lessons, books can teach you some lessons. And this podcast is sponsored by my book, The Dracky Princess. The book is a book I wrote about three years ago. It's a full-length novel. It's about a young princess named Lara who her castle was attacked and her and her pet Velociraptor have to escape to the next kingdom over to warn her parents because her parents are at a meeting with the other kingdom. And it's a very coming-of-age tale. And you can find it on Amazon. I'm not going to draw this out too much longer. You can find it on Amazon, The Dracky Princess. I'll leave it in the description of my YouTube channel. And yeah, just search The Dracky Princess by Josh Henry, and you'll find it. Okay, so let's move on to some questions that I often get. If you have any questions or comments or anything you want read on the show, you can send it in to thehomelessvagabondexperience at gmail.com. So that's just the name of the podcast at gmail.com. Send in any questions, I'll be happy to answer them on the show. So let's talk about the question I get asked the most. Why walk across America? Well, for that answer, I'm going to need to back up a little bit and kind of explain. So I got my first job, my first real job. I had like other gigs before this, but my first real nine to five job when I was 21 years old at Rocky Gap Casino and Resort in Maryland, Flintstone, Maryland. And... I got a job bussing tables, and I actually kind of started to like the uh, restaurant industry. And from very young age, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. So I ended up saving some money and ended up moving up to Morgantown, West Virginia. And I did this to save money. I moved up to Morgantown, I got rid of my car, and I moved to a place where I could just walk to stores in order to save money. I got a job at the Marriott, worked there for a little bit. Then I got a job at West Virginia University. I started off as a materials handler, basically stocking shelves and stuff. Then I got a promotion to basically a dishwasher. Then I got promoted to a pizza cook. Then I got promoted to a supervisor. And this entire time, I saved money. Uh, I never, I didn't buy like a TV. I didn't buy phones. I didn't buy anything really. I got the cheapest apartment I could, just kept saving money, saving money, saving money. And by the time I was 26, I had made enough money to start a restaurant. And I did that. I started a restaurant. It's called Quick Bites. The restaurant was located literally under where I lived. So I started that up and then COVID happened and I could not survive COVID. And I decided, you know, I had worked for five, six years to own this restaurant then was just gone. All my money was gone. I'm in debt. Let's just go do something completely different. And I thought, you know what? It would be fun to walk across America, experience the country. I've only ever lived in West Virginia, never really gone anywhere else, and I just wanted to explore the country. That's what I've done. And I wanted originally to do a lot of vlogging and kind of make it into a business, but through many circumstances, I kind of halted on that, just kind of ex enjoyed the experience. But now I'm making this podcast to really explain what I've seen what I've done, and also help other people who might want to do this. 
All right, let's get into question number two. Another question I get asked a lot. Where do you sleep? Sleep everywhere. So I try to avoid sleeping in any public places or around other people. I just, I don't trust people. I trust bears. I trust coyotes. I trust alligators. I do not trust people. So probably when I'm on the road walking, look for storm drains, especially out here in the desert. Like right now, I'm underneath a storm drain. And, you know, it's just no one's around. No one can see me. It's just a nice little place to sleep. Uh, sometimes I just got to sleep right off the, on the side of the road if there's no storm drains. I have a tarp, so sometimes I'll find, like, some bushes right off the road. And I'll get behind them, and I'll just put the tarp over me so no one can see me, and I'll sleep there. Uh, bridges are another great place to sleep. You know, Just get under the bridge. Hopefully, no one's around. No one's already living under there. Pass out. Yeah, there's a lot of good places to sleep, but I definitely avoid public places. I don't sleep on sidewalks or the side of the street or on private property. I just, I avoid all of that because it's all just a hassle. And the places I do sleep, I keep a low profile, though no one even knows I'm there. And on the topic of where I sleep, I want to explain how I sleep. So when I first started out, I had a hammock. I've always loved hammock camping. But when I got into Georgia, I kind of ditched the hammock because I wasn't really using it that much. Because, you know, you set a hammock up, you're seen a lot of places. Uh, I tried doing the whole tent thing. I got a tent in Florida, didn't like it. But now, basically, all I do is I just throw my sleeping pad down, get on my sleeping pad, sleep. I do have a tarp, so if it rains, snows, hails, it does hail. I was in... Well, I am in Arizona, but a few weeks ago it started to hail. That was fun. And yeah, I can put that tarp up to kind of shield me from there. But other than that, just sleep right on the ground, inside a sleeping bag. I'm not worried about animals, like I said. More worried about humans. Insects can be annoying, but I'm in a sleeping bag. And I'm one of those people that I completely cover myself up with a sleeping bag, my head and all. So I don't really have to deal with insects all that much. They don't really bug me. All right, so let's go. One more question. Another question I often get asked is, what do you eat? Or how do you eat? First, I'm going to start with the what. A lot of protein. I'm walking 10, 15, 20 miles a day. Definitely need a lot of protein. Obviously, money is an issue. So beans are really good. Also, protein bars. Protein bars, they have a lot of calories in them. Something you should not eat is things like ramen. I understand the idea behind eating ramen. 1,000 calories for like 50 cents, but you get no nutrition out of that, and that's very, very important. If you're not getting nutrition, it's not actually filling you up. It's not good for you. Stay away from ramen. Focus on things that are inexpensive, but have some protein in them. Again, beans are great. Protein bars. I try to stay away from fast food. The exception being Little Caesars Pizza, because pizza for $5. I mean, not going to pass that up. I'm sorry. All right, so that's the what to eat. A lot of protein. Also, carbs are pretty good if you're walking, you know, unless you're going full keto. Uh, but going full keto while you're homeless or a nomad is very, very difficult. So you're definitely going to want to put on some carbs. Okay, so how do you get food? There are many, many ways to get food. Obviously, uh working odd jobs to get some money to buy food, helping people move. As I said earlier, I had a job in San Angelo for a few weeks laying uh, foundations for trailers. And I mean, you can go to Craigslist, find gigs, all that kind of stuff. 
There's also the idea of dumpster diving, which isn't as bad as is not as bad as it sounds. The best place would be food store or fast food places. You know, you can probably go to like a Little Caesars and you will find full pizzas just on top of the dumpsters. Like a lot of employees, like after a pizza's been in their hot box for 30 minutes, they'll just take them out. They'll go to the dumpster and they'll put them right on top so that people can come by and just grab a pizza. And, you know, they're still hot. They're still good. Dollar stores are another place. You know, you'll find a lot of uh, expired food, but I mean, it'll be expired by like a few days or a week. Fine. Yeah, that's pretty much how and what I eat. Just if you're gonna be walking a lot, get a lot of protein, a lot of protein. Also, drink a lot of water. And I would also recommend Gatorade, especially if you're in the heat. You know, I've got a gallon of water in an old Gatorade bottle and some of those Gatorade uh, packets. Basically, you just break off the packet, pour it in the water. Basically, it makes you some Gatorade. It has like potassium and some other electrolytes. That'll help you a lot. If you're going on long hikes, bringing like cans of beans isn't really smart. That's a lot of weight. You want to keep your weight down. Trail mix is really good. Peanuts, again, protein bars, they're pretty pretty lightweight. One thing I really like to bring is peanut butter filled pretzel nuggets. You can get them at Walmart for like four bucks. Come in like a plastic container. They're like 2,000 calories for $4. They're delicious. Again, they have a lot of protein in them because of the peanut butter and a lot of carbs in them because of the pretzels. So they're really good hiking food. If you're not really hiking and you're just kind of camping out for a few days, bananas and apples are really good. Potatoes are also really good just to get your veggies in. Basically, the big goal, at least from my experience, is get a lot of calories for not a lot of money. Make sure those calories are nutrient-dense. Again, don't do not do the ramen thing. If you go on a 20-mile hike and all you bring is ramen, you're going to have a bad time. If you have money, MREs are a really good option, but they are expensive. So be careful of that. And I think that's going to do it for the questions. You know, I've banged out a little over 20 minutes here on this podcast, which is what I'm really aiming for. Hoping to eventually get it up to 30 minutes, but I'm still getting used to everything. But I think the podcast is going to end right here. I hope you've enjoyed listening. Remember to rate and subscribe, follow, all that jazz. And I will see you later. Have a wonderful day. Goodbye.